Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Welcome back to our podcast. Well, I'm over here in merry old England, and Alara is at home this week. As some of our listeners might remember, Alara broke her foot right before our trip and couldn't make it. So I came on over with John and Bonnie Hall from the American Milking Devon Cattle Association to do some filming for our upcoming docuseries, Plymouth to Plymouth. And I wanted to bring you a little excerpt from an interview that we just did with Sally Everton. You'll hear John and Bonnie Hall talking with Sally and comparing what it's like in America with the American Milking Devon and their Ruby Red Devon cattle. The Ruby Red Devon cattle are a meat breed, but they are the origination of the American Milking Devon. So listen in as you get a little bit of history and some conversation across the pond. I hope you enjoy this podcast, and Alara, if you're listening, mend up that foot for the next trip. So, um, yeah, those milk churns were from my mum and dad. Yeah. They're back from the 70s, because mum and dad used to milk their ruby reds. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I said that to you, because they used yeah. to make their own yogurt, cottage cheese, and clotted cream, which, of yeah. course, is synonymous to Devon anyway. Yeah. So, um, so, but I have a suckler herd because of what I do. So but that's all but easy. disappeared over here. I mean, nobody milks Devons anymore. No, right? mum, mum was a bit of a, a rarity, to be fair, when she yeah. did, because people, like our ruby red keepers around here yeah. used to go, Faye, what are you doing? Yeah. But then they saw her little milk round. She did, like I say, she always, she supplied all the local stores with yogurt and clotted cream yeah. all around the district. Nice. And she did that from about 1971 to 1980. Um, and the only reason they sort of moved away from it, because I left home and yeah. went and lived in the US, funnily yeah. enough. Um, and she just didn't have the time to do it all. So we went back to being a suckler herd, yeah. which is manageable. Right. And particularly with what I do, like my little, I mean, I lost a calf last year, which is the first one I've ever lost, but got pneumonia, just one of those things. It yeah. happens, doesn't it? Um, but, you know, I never have to worry about, I've got to be back in time for milking. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah. so. Well, that's when I was a kid. We milked for our own consumption, but we would always make our... My parents could have lived in the 16 or 1700s. <laughs> and we so had no TV. I. We had, you know, no running water. We had an outhouse. We lived, it's, everything was so wood-fired. Oh, yeah, I grew up that way. Oh, my word. My and where was that? In Connecticut. Oh, gosh. Farm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right where we are. That's brilliant. Yeah. A bit like yes. me. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we still, I mean, we heat our house with wood. And, and you know, so we live we. pretty much off the farm as much as most people yeah. do. Um, but we don't milk. In yeah. You know, we milk and feed our feeder pigs, our yeah. Devon milk, and we, we Bonnie markets at farmers markets our products, yeah. our meats, Which porks, is, and beefs. Yeah. See, we didn't and have farmers markets when Mum was doing it. Otherwise, that's she would have been. We didn't either. And yeah. you couldn't, that's my dad. You know, my dad let everything go. He couldn't afford to fix buildings, so he kept two hundred acres and paid tax. Yeah. But in those days, the products were cheaper to go to the grocery store and pay eighty nine cents, and you get whatever you want. Yeah. Today we have customers because we're halfway between New York and Boston. Yeah. On 95. I go on that train sometimes yeah. when I get because no, I work in Boston. You as go well. right through our town. Yeah, yes. well, in which case, next time I do that, you I'm back. Stopping. Yeah, I'm, I tell you, I'm, I know when I'm next over doing that, exactly that yeah. trip. It's yeah. March yeah. next year. Oh, so, yeah, because um, I've just come back. 
Yeah. He'll stop and see us. But um, so, I you know, all the buildings kind of like took a left, but he kept the land, which now we have and we can improve things. And he kept the Devons. Yeah. You know, but now we're getting $14, $15 a pound for hamburger. Wow. And $28 a pound for um, um, yeah, do you know that steak? You know, I was gonna oh. say your steaks because yeah. um, that's interesting. You say that because um, Ruby, I do boxes here. I do, yeah. um, I do. Yeah. Um, all, well, we're grass fed, purely yeah. grass fed. That's so all we are. Yeah. yeah. So everything I do is um, is all self sufficient. If yeah. you like, because we make our own hay and yeah. blah, blah. So, so, as do we. Yeah. Yeah. And even if I have to tempt them with anything like a bucket, it's grass nuts. Yeah. So I never feed them anything, and they've never ever been. They've never had. They're organic basically because yeah. they've never had any treatment. Because because right. right. I do a bit like the New Zealand um, grazing system. So I move them around. As you'll yeah. see, I've got paddocks in blocks yeah. because I'm small and I can do that. Right. Um, and so you know, I've got a, like a paddock. That, you'll see. I'll show you around in a minute. Well, we do the same thing. We move groups. We'll have a group of fifteen or a group yeah. of ten, and, and most of them move around during the summer. Yeah. We have to supplement with hay because we got a lot of cattle. Yeah, you have. <laughs> see, I'm um, a bit like you, but on a lot smaller yeah. scale. <laughs> but you know, most of our hay we harvest off. When do you other, make your hay? June time. June, July, right, right through, through, and then we'll do second cutting yeah. right through yes. October. Do you, do, you don't do any haylage or silage or anything We, like we bought a round baler that does green grass now, yep. so we wrap. Yep. But we used to do corn silage, our own oh, old white, white yeah. kernel corn. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And, um, but we don't do that anymore. No. Uh, Thank goodness. Too labor intensive. This we yeah. I know. Older, you know. Well, we've, I've got a great guy who I went to school with, actually, like you do. Um, and he's one of these, he's got the best weather vane in his head than I, yeah. anyone I know. And he'll ring me like at half six on a Sunday morning when he said, Sally, Bernie's on his way over to cut. Yeah. And I go, okay. Bernie's his dad, who's like yeah. in his 80s now, I yeah. think. Um, and they just do it. They, and they just come in. They sort of cut the three paddocks that I've got up there that I use for hay. They come back, turn it, turn it, turn it again. Yeah. And then we bail. We usually do the whole process within three days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we do about 500 it. acres of hay. So we're at yeah. it all summer, besides my other work. So... You know, we're not full time at this. Do you have folk working for Two you? Two full time guys, yeah. Okay. They, you know, they're Just, home doing everything now. Yeah. yeah. They do all the menial stuff: feed the cows, clean the barns. Yeah. You know, I do all that. Yeah. Stuff. Every, every day I with that many that. cows, we yes. have a whole manure spreader load of manure that goes out every yeah. day. Gets spread. You know, the hay's got to come in. The bedding's got to go down. They do all that. We used to do it all. Just of, besides our work. What sort of soil do you have? Because we're clay here, mm. and you know, I, I, you'll see, I've got a pretty big muck heap there. But that's yeah. because I can't get onto the land yet. Yeah. No, we don't so, have clay. We have pretty well drained, nice yeah, yeah, topsoil, beautiful man. stuff. Mm. Yeah. Lucky well, you. there's never been a chemical sprayed, so the soil is that, the same yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't even, you know, even with them, um, we tend to like thistle control and docks and things like that. We we cut and cut and cut yeah. and cut until we actually yeah. sort of obliterate them yeah. by right. by. That's all like. we do. No chemicals. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we yeah. don't spray. Um, I keep. We we don't. The only manure that gets on there is from them. Right. Yeah. And the other thing, of course, is like because I've, I've had them out in those two top paddocks, which is ten acres, which isn't. Um, what I do now is harrow all of that. So it's almost self-manured itself yeah, because yes. they've been out since October up there. Nice. But they've lived up there. I mean, we had one snow shower this year and I went up there and I got a photo, which is hilarious. So they're all there with a fringe of snow on their head. <laughs> do they care? No. no. They're no, devils. they'd rather be out there. Yeah, yeah. Of We'll bring they them would. in the barn and they'll have two inches of snow on their backs. And, yeah. you know, our barn is what's called a bank barn. It's mostly underground on three sides. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then okay. there's hayloft's upstairs. That's easy for feeding, 20 I guess. Minutes, yes. 20 minutes in there, the snow's all melted, they're all warm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and their coat, I mean, I've that 
yeah. you know, my little heifers, I mean, they just seem to lose their coats a lot slower than the older ones, don't they? Mm. But their fur is, their, their yeah. coats are like that. Yes. It's good. Yes. And then, but So that, that kind of brings us to why we're here. Devons have been here forever. Yep, I've got a book to tell you about that. So <laughs> when, when Plymouth Colony was looking for cattle, yeah, which you know, would have been after Mayflower post. Mayflower was the first boat came into Plymouth. Yeah. 100 people on, 50 yeah. died the first winter, 16, starvation, 20, disease, all 16, that. 16, 20, 15th of September, yeah. so, because we did the Mayflower celebration, yeah. which unfortunately got hit by COVID. So, right. so then um, the next year, another 100 folks came on another boat, yeah. and they sent word back with the captain because they didn't have cell phones, and they said, we need cattle here to sustain us, chickens, pigs, goats. So the third year, 1623, the boat came with animals as well as people. That's and it unreal, had the red it? cattle from the south of England, which are Devons, yeah. came into Plymouth. They had a young bull and three or four heifers, however many they had. But they were selected for the climate in New England because they're hardy and they would survive there. And you can envision Plymouth in 1623, what was there? Marsh Pew grass, native, native in woods. Americans. Cattle had to live on what was there. There were yeah. no barns, was no alfalfa. So they, they did very well. Yeah, bad. They were selected for that, so. Well, what a great story. Because when you told me that, I thought, this is ironic because yeah. we've just done the Mayflower celebrations. We're yeah. still doing them, unfortunately, because of the COVID, it sort of scuppered what we were doing. Yeah. Um, but this adds another element to that because I didn't know that story until you told me. You told yeah. me. Well, you see, you're um, here. You only know Devon's here. Yeah. We're there. We don't know Devon's prior to 1623, really. Yeah. And that's why we came over here. Yeah, it's a and, great story. And I mean, in, in, in next year, in, in 24, our group is working with the American um, Beef Cattle Devon Society, yeah. which are two separate. We're separate because we're the Milking Devons, and we only register purebred Milking Devons. We'll yeah. get to that story in a few minutes, but we're working with the beef folks and their sort of leader and I are pretty good friends. And he's doing the World Devon Congress. I don't know if you're, every four years is a yeah. Congress somewhere yeah. in the world. Yeah. Well, it's going to be United States. He's organizing it. They're going to start down in the Southern U.S. and work their way up. Wow. This is amazing. On a bus story. tour. And the last day we want to have in Plymouth to celebrate 400 years of Devons. Yeah. We're trying to work with Plymouth Plantation to get all that organized. Yes. So. Um, wow. Yeah. That's a great story because we're tied in with Boston at the moment yeah. because of what we're doing or what we were doing with the Mayflower 400 yeah. celebrations, right. which is obviously I mean, when the pilgrims went over yeah. and yeah. did their bit. But yours adds another element to this yeah. because it actually targets a different um, demographic, if you like, yeah. of people. Yeah. So it could be a great story for people from here like john yeah. may would love this story yeah. he really would because some he, of those folks may want to come on this on this two-week congress yeah. you know well we should work together we should work we sure. should do yeah. because i mean i'm part of the devon cattle breeder society yeah. as you know yeah. um but do i work it to my benefit i probably don't <laughs> it's a shame you're not here in may because we have um what we call the devon county show here in exeter yeah. oh, wow. which is a big it's our sort of county show which is yeah. three days and dev, I mean, traditional breeds really feature high in that. Yeah. So, you know, your Dartmoor grey-faced sheep yeah. and um, all your Devon cattle, South Devon as well. Um, and there's always a bit of argy-bargy about you know, the ruby North reds and, and South, the South. Yeah. I mean, right. it's a bit like the US, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we could have a civil war on it. Yeah. But, um, but, I mean, I could tell you a really funny story about that because John May, who... Um, I'm hoping that I'll get you to meet yeah. who keeps the Pryton herd of Ruby Reds. His sister 
married the biggest South Devon cattle breeder <laughs> in Devon called, yeah, called, um, he's called Gordon Tully. I mean, it's a really good that story. And of course, when it happened, it was not when North met South. It yeah. was really what, but I mean, it, that was years and years ago. I was a little girl when that happened, but I can remember it. And I remember my dad, who's a absolute red root, cut him in half, but he used to have ruby red stamped through him. He said, oh, he said, well, that won't work. Well, what are they going to do at the shows? <laughs> because, you know, Obviously, you have your North, your Red Rubies, yeah. and then you have your South Devons, which are beautiful beasts. I yeah. mean, but they're not like ours. Right. right. So that's what that's, happened in the United yes. States. Yeah, so, this is a that's great a good story. segue into it. So after Plymouth, and I tell this story like every week at farmers markets to somebody who's new and wants to know what's going on. After Plymouth, you know, the Devons spread out all over the colonies, and they were probably the most popular cattle. They were the most favorite oxen. Yeah. Like I said, they were smart. You could train them to do anything. And oxen built the colonies long before horses came. And they're easy to carve. And, yes. and horses were a rich man's thing later, you know. So you could take a pair of bull calves, castrate them, and train them to work, and they would work for you for 20 years. You'd have traction yeah. power. Instead yeah. of a tractor, you had those. Um, in 1900, there's a picture at a fair in Connecticut with 100 pair of Devon cattle in yoke at the fair. Now, in 1900, they had to walk there. So if you had 200 castrated males in walking distance, how many cows did you have in that area? Oh, my word. Mm. Right? Yeah. To support that, you know. Yeah. Had to be thousands. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then and that's that 1900. Benefits. After World War II, there were hardly any left. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions. All rights reserved. Copyright 2023.